the Who's On Base podcast. I'm Dylan, and tonight I'm joined uh, with a friend, longtime friend, uh, drummer, guitar player. Um, not enough I can say about this guy, Landon. Hi, hello, Landon. Landon. <laughs> good, good. And a man who needs no introduction at all. Okay. How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> we got Austin over here, uh, another guitar playing friend. Uh, we're here to just talk about guitars, gear, and whatever else we got going on in our life at the moment. Um, you're going to hear us start up playing some music, getting into what it is to be a musician as a 30 year old. And as an electrician, and as a driver for a large delivery service. Uh, we're going to go into the struggles of what it's like to be in a band um, in all shapes and form of who's going to be out, who can make it, who can't, uh, how what we use to write the music that we're going to be writing, uh, the equipment that we're going to use, going to be a lot of pedal reviewing, lot of guitar reviewing, a lot of what do you got new going on in this podcast. Um, and I know there's like a million other podcasts out there at this very moment, and we're just starting something else up. Also, during the COVID time, um, which is all good and great. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's enough of me talking. How's everybody else doing? What do you got new? Landon? <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> to, to answer question number one, um, uh, no new uh, gear acquisitions um, as of late. Uh, I do have some things in the works. Um, I'm actually planning on building a uh, smaller, um, more mobile pedal board. Uh, that is that is my current goal. Um, a much more streamlined bare necessities kind of thing so that's that's actually that's on the burner for me right now but uh, nothing yet so well that sounds great man. <laughs> <laughs> that's compared to the other one you brought a couple weeks ago yeah the, the, the monster that was uh, I'd say that's pretty damn portable though right how <laughs> much portable could it get now Austin, you brought in your session man pedals tonight again um, because you last time you were here, you had your session man two. Yes, yes. So I have I have brought again the session man two, but this time I also brought session man one. It has a friend. It does have a friend, <laughs> and it is part of a bigger family. <laughs> and according to what I've come across, it looks like this started in the mid to. Late '80s is when I came out with this pedal line, and I really, um, I really like it. I like the Session Man too for the fact that it's the distortion that it offers is is really nice because it's not only just a distortion, but I feel like you can get a nice, decent kind of overdrive, it, fuzzy type of a sound. Is it a rat based? Yes. Kind of like thing. Yes. It's like it's it's made to sound like a rat from yes. the time. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they they both they both are. Gotcha. Um, however, the Session Man Two is a distortion delay. And the Session Man 1 is a distortion chorus. So that's gotcha. where they differ. But I, I do love the chorus on the Session Man 1 as opposed to the delay accompanied by distortion. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that's 
paired very well. But I do like the distortion better on the Session Man 2. Now, it could be that, you know, once Session Man 1 gets cleaned up, maybe possibly it could maybe swing me a little bit. You could. Know, very well. Very well could. Um, I love it. Now, these are Ibanez pedals. Yeah. Um, That's um, cool. I... I gotta say, I like Ibanez pedals a lot. They're great pedals. I, I like Ibanez as a company. It's not something that you'll see me playing through necessarily. I'm not an Ibanez player, uh, mm. but I have owned quite a few of their pedals, uh, Tube Screamers, so on and so forth. Um, Tone Lock series pedals mm. in the um, late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Um, I have not owned anything from this line, obviously. Mm. Um, very cool line of pedals. And I know that the Tube Screamer from this line is a really important tube screamer because they say that's what Stevie Ray Vaughan used. And there's a video of Stevie Ray Vaughan on um, Austin City Limits using said tube screamer versus an original tube screamer. He has a tube screamer from this line. And I, I believe, I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah. I believe also John Mayer uses the tube screamer. Too. Well, I was going to say, is that the TST? Yeah. Yes. yeah. That's yes. the uh, slow dancing in a burning room yes. thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful song. Which, supposedly, he plays it due to the Stevie Ray Vaughan um, aspect, which I guess that's him trying to get that tone, you know, yeah. that... And that makes sense, because that's, that's somebody who he, he's looked up to. Yeah, Just one of his many heroes, yeah, yeah, everybody's mini hero, I guess, yeah. you know. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, very cool guy. Um, so, anyway, off of those, uh, we'll, we'll hear what one sounds like in a, in a few minutes. We're going to come back to that. Um... I kind of want to go through and ask you guys some random questions. Um, first off, guitar-wise, when you're running your guitars, well, I'm going to start with this question. What's your favorite guitar that you're running through at home at this particular moment? I kind of want to give everybody an idea of each one of us as an individual on the podcast to let them know, okay, so this guy's going to be running this Ibanez pedal with this guitar mm. so since you're go ahead and tell us about this pedal what guitar are you running it through like what are you running it through? Right so now? so what i'm running through at home is i've got the um the fender mexi strat um which i brought a couple weeks ago and it's um <laughs> it's 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 a it's a great setup i think it's it's um it differs from a few of the other guitars I have. I have a um, American Standard Strat as well that I put together. It's got a warmth neck, um, and there's there's uh, variations between the type of pickups that I have on these two different guitars. The Mexi Strat, um, off the top of my head, I can't think exactly what they are, but I know on on the one that I have worked on, it's got the Texas Fat Fifties, um, and those those are really hot, um, and they're they're good and they're warm, but I think they're um, I think they resonate a little bit better with reverb type of sounds not necessarily maybe maybe these i probably wouldn't use that setup on that guitar but the mexi strat I, I think it responds very well with the mexi strat i think it's um just a really nice pairing of the two so i use that and then for my amp i just recently got the the silver face up and running so i've got um two jensen speakers uh that i just put in and i also had the silver face the head i took it to a guy in winston his name is whip pitcher Phenomenal guy, great guy. He's been he's been working on amps, building amps for quite some time. Good and actually, Tom, Tom underneath Cranky's, yeah, was the guy that referred yeah. me to him. Yeah, we know Tom. And uh, yeah, and and Witt's a really cool guy. So he converted it to a black face, yeah, from a silver face. 
Now this is the silver face you're speaking of is a twin reverb. Yes. Um, which oh nice. nice. From the pictures that you sent me, it looks to be late seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing as though it does have the um, extra knob on it. Um, killer amps, super. It's super loud. It sounds phenomenal. And you're Can exactly imagine. right. When I talked to you about it a couple of weeks ago, you had mentioned you had something that was from the eighties, I think you had played on before, but it was I can't remember what you said it was called. It was called a some kind of evil or something like that. Oh no, I've um I've known I've had friends have the evil twin. Yes. Uh, which is um kind of a pet name they gave it, which mm-hmm. is a twin amp uh-huh. that they made and it's uh, the red knob twin. Uh which they started actually kind of making um, I believe it's a late 80s, early 90s. I think they probably started it in 89, mm-hmm. and it kind of went from 89 all the way up through, I don't even remember what year, honestly. Yeah. It's in the 90s. But um, basically, it's just a twin amp with the red knobs, and it's, it's a little bit more wattage, I believe. I don't think it's mm-hmm. just straight 100 watt tube, but it is, mm-hmm. it's it's a beast. I mean, the guys I know who have had it, mm-hmm. unfortunately... We couldn't play together because their amps were 10 times louder than what I was using at the time. Yeah. As a teenager, I did not have that kind of power, you know. Um, We've all been there before. Yeah, <laughs> that power that power hunger that we all have. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, so to go back to um, touching base on that, it's I noticed you said that when you, you had played on that, you knew somebody that had that. You said they couldn't, they couldn't get the volume up past, like, two. Yeah. 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 I, I can't do that. I'm yeah, that's a pretty it's, typical it's, it's, issue. It's really yeah. But it's 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 a wonderful amp, man. And I had the orange OR fifty. I had yeah. a half stack, and I recently just sold the cab, and I put that into like an in home studio and going into all that. And um, and I gotta say, I, I I'm happy I did that because now I put more focus into the silver face slash black face, and it's um it's a much better um outlet I think in terms of compared to the OR fifty. The OR fifty. You know, it's. I loved how it sounded. I loved how it played. It still had a really nice, clear sound, and it was really, really <laughs> dynamic. But it, I mean, compared to the Silver, it's just like it's really night and day. It really is, Don't unfortunately. But um, so that's what I'm running on most of the time, and I'll switch back and forth between guitars quite frequently. But for now, I'm just kind of sticking on the Mexi Strat and that um, that Silver face. So yeah, and, and I'll play around with the sessions man, uh, session mans. So. Total, total Stratocaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Strat, but I got Ibanez S series as well, and it's got, um, I believe it's Infinity pickups on there. I would like to switch those out at a later date, though. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a really nice guitar. I love that one too. It's it's got a zero trim, zero point trim system on it. So that's very cool. It's got like very a flipping cool. trim. You can adjust at the back of it, so you don't even have to mess around with the bridge at all. So if you get thicker gauge strings, you can just mm-hmm. adjust, adjust adjust that on the back of your your bridge will just. Breaking a love it all. Yeah, pretty cool. Nice, nice. Landon. Uh, right now, uh, I've been playing my USA Telly. um, Nice. Probably more than anything right now. Um, I'm actually going to second uh, what you said about the Mexican strats. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have one. I love it. Um, Great guitars. Mexican, fantastic guitars. Yeah, I mean, I have a Mexican strat. Thought it was a Japanese for a long time, but it's Mexican. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, really, yeah, I love it's great. Oh, Super great guitars. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm actually a really big fan of um, my J Mask's signature um, Squire Jazzmaster. Um, there's something about that guitar, just that thing screams. Um, I got trying to think. Let's see, what else do I have? Those J Mask's. Jazzmasters. If you've um, ever played one, 
They're super great with a thick neck on them. Um, that is that flat finish neck, that smooth silk neck. Yeah. And then the pickups are way hotter than the classic vibe. They really series. are. They really are. And so a total different feel. Honestly, it kind of ruined me on um yeah the jumbo frets ruined me. Like oh, really? I, I had never played a guitar with jumbo frets until I owned that guitar. And it now really it's really now everything really feels good. completely foreign now yeah. after the vintage frets just don't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> But uh, amp-wise, uh, most of the time at home, I'm playing a, um, a Blackstar HT5. Um, Very that's cool. pretty Very um, cool. neighbor-friendly amp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> neighbor-friendly, family-friendly, roommate-friendly, <laughs> everything-friendly amp. Yeah. Um, although, um, if I really wanted to upset everyone, then I have the uh, Marshall Origin 50 Oh, killer uh, combo. Um, With what, 112, I'm guessing, yeah? Yeah, 112. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, killer, killer amp. That's a fantastic amplifier. Um, and then the whole slew of pedals that can change from any, <laughs> any given day to the next. <laughs> so you are our kind of resident, and I use this term lightly, boutique pedal guru. Uh, yeah, probably. You've gone through... Yeah. A number <laughs> of boutique pedals. As long as I've known you, I used to usually fight you on what sounded better between a Dan Electro uh, plastic pedal or a $200 equivalent pedal from some boutique brand. Now, we will be getting into your pedal because <laughs> uh, your pedals, I'm always envious of your tones. You, you have a tone that I can't describe because I've not got to experience it often enough. Uh, so that's going to be fun to listen to. Um, Thank you. I got the warm and fuzzies just now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about, is giving each other the warm and fuzzies as we go on this adventure. Um, There's another name for the podcast, the Worms and Fuzzies. The Worms and Fuzzies. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we didn't say the podcast name yet. Um, so, yeah, we're... Uh, Talking about who's on bass, or did I say that already? I don't even remember what I said I now. I did I, I say that you, I already? Did. I believe you did. Sorry, guys. This is what happens when you work and you come home and you're tired and it's late, and this is you know what we're doing. So uh, understandable. Yeah, we all we're all there. Um, yeah. So Landon, being an electrician. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it's a shocking job. It is shocking. But so, once you get into it. It's a really good gig. And you're you're an electrician at a hospital. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Which to me is like ridiculous because I feel like it's almost just as important as the doctors at the hospital oh, yeah. to be an electrician at the hospital. Yeah, they they don't like to let you think that. Yeah, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> it is the most of medical anything is done yeah. through computers these days. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's an interesting gig, uh, to say the least. Yeah, you've been doing the electric uh, electrician thing for a little while, and mm-hmm. uh, I know that's afforded you some nice gear. So, but Not uh, as much as I wish, <laughs> uh, we all wish we had more. That's that's for sure. Um, I guess I'll go into a little bit of what I got going on here. Um, we are located right now in the music room, and um, we're kind of surrounded by a whole bunch of stuff. Um, 
I would say 70% squire. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of squire instruments in yeah, this room. Yeah, fair um, assessment. I, I became a fan of squire after selling off my good gear. Um, and I, I say that as in, not that squire's bad gear, but I had what I considered to be really good gear at the time, which was a lot of Fender instruments and... Um, a lot of different vintage pieces, um, sold through a whole lot and moved on. And one of the ones I kept was a Squire Classic Vibe Jaguar. And I kept it because honestly, it had a tone that I loved, it pickups in it I loved. Um, it had the rosewood fingerboard, which is, you know, now they've switched over to the Indian Laurel. Um, which I don't have a problem with, but I do just, I really do like the rosewood. Mm -hmm. um, the neck on it just feels good, it's comfortable. And from that guitar, I decided to go ahead and move on and buy more of those models. And I have bought quite a few. Um, but here recently, I honestly, I'm, I'm really into the classic Bob Tellys. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a Telly guy. So, uh, so we got a Jazzmaster guy, we got a Stratocaster guy, and we got a Telecaster guy in here. And um, the Telecaster I've been favoring is the Classic Vibe Telecaster Custom, um, and it's the one with the bindings. Um, I love it. It's a great guitar. It plays super good. Pickups in it are solid as a rock. Uh, I just I really love the tones of it. Um, and I play it through a smorgasbord of pedals. Um, we're all looking at them. And... <laughs> There's one. Yeah, there's one. There's one. Look out, there goes one. <laughs> but, there's another one. They're multiplying. <laughs> yeah, um, as we speak. Back, there, there might be one coming into the room as we speak. But um, the pedals I go through um, the most, and the one I play through the most, is the fuzz face. And um, uh, just a standard red germanium fuzz face. Uh, mine that I have is a Dunlop fuzz face. Um, it's from 2004, um, so take that as you want to. A lot of people claim that the, the 90s fuzz faces were better. A lot of people claim that the uh, early uh, 70s fuzz faces are, of course, you know, the best of the fuzz faces. Um, they, you know, they claim the transistors in them are a lot different. I, I just personally like this one. I haven't had any problems with the germaniums being any kind of weird way with temperature or weather. Um, and I know that's kind of a complaint that some people have with fuzz faces. Um, it's not as muddy as some I've heard. It's not as sharp as some I've heard. And it definitely doesn't have the noise that I've heard out of others. Um, and amp-wise, um, shocker for me, I, I'm all solid state. Um, so I got these two tube guys here who are playing through Black Stars and Marshalls and Vintage Fenders. And I'm in here and my favorite amp of the moment ironically, is a Vox Pathfinder 10 um, that I modded. I did this mod to, and I've been trying to tell you guys to get this. Mod, yeah. You don't have to tell me. I love it. It's <laughs> awesome. It's unbelievable that you can get that as loud as it is, and it's the size of a lunchbox. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> awesome. As a dad, um, I you know, my son, he'll go to sleep. And, and then you wake him up. Exactly. Uh, I, have, I have Fender amps. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Fender amps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's that's the challenge, you know. As, as you know, here I am. I'm a 33 year old dad, a new dad at that. Um, so he has a bedtime. It's pretty early. I get home from work. 
you know, we eat supper, we put the kid to sleep, and, you know, we'll watch some TV, we'll watch some Netflix, you know, somebody will fall asleep, there's my chance to go and, you know, play a couple minutes, you know, really late night, quiet playing, Mm -hmm. and I love the tone of it, I love that I can get the tones that I want from it, um, easily. Can I ask you something? Sure. What, um, compared to the fuzz face, that right of his fuzz that you played earlier. Oh, yes. What what would you say has more impact on the tone on any amp that you might play through? In terms of, do you feel that the fuzz face sucks tone as compared to the right of? No, not at all. Um, actually, the complete opposite. Okay. Um, my when I play through the fuzz face, now I I'm not a pedal board guy, and I know I know both of you guys are pedal board guys. I maybe not well, me, as much. Well, me not necessarily. Before I before I came into over here, you know, met you at work and all yeah. this. And that, I mean, you opened a whole world of pedal. <laughs> I was I was really just one of the guys that would kind of sit back on it and go for a, five, uh, a tube amp, you sure. know, and try and just tweak it the way I like. Cause I really love the warmth that you get out of a tube amp. Sure. You know, now there are solid states out there that I think kick ass. You know, like I sure. did, I did have a Roland. Um, sure. It was like yeah. a '90s Roland. JCM one twenty. JCM. Yep. And yeah. I wish I still had that. Man. One of the coolest amps, the JCM one twenty, and you know, for me, that's a testament to why I use solid state amps. I like solid states. For me, honestly, it, it is a. I don't have to do any maintenance. <laughs> yeah, I love my maintenance-free yeah. amps. Yeah, I love yeah. I can plug them up and play, and I'm not I'm not gigging. Yeah. I'm not you know doing anything like that. I'm a hobbyist more than anything these days. It yeah. Seems like so for me to buy such a huge amp when I have owned big amps, Landon, you can attest to the yes, big amps I've owned. I, I can. Um, <laughs> I, I hauling those back and forth. Exactly, <laughs> it was a beast, and you know that is. Definitely not something I want to do again anytime soon. Um, and it seems like the further on we go mm-hmm. with amps and technology the way it is, we're getting more and more into solid state, kind of almost taking over. I know right. Supro just released an amp that is a collaboration with Keeley. And really? Yeah. And it's got a solid state rectifier. Hmm. It's tube, cool. but with a solid state rectifier. And it does that to get you basically get more tone out of your pedals from it that way because with a lot of tube amps you know so you might be running your overdrives and stuff like that now a lot of people are going to run your overdrive to overdrive your amp more to me i like my solid state amp to be clean and then have my overdrive pedal be my overdrive i don't want that overdrive pedal adding more overdrive to it over you know to an amp or overdriving an amp more i'm actually right there with you on that one yeah i'm I, i always run my amps clean yeah Always, and then you know, and it build on top of that. That exactly. That, that, yeah. that, I feel that like foundational you, yeah, clean you need, tone. You need to have that blank slate Absolutely. that you can build onto. Exactly, because that's going to respond a lot better to whatever pedal you put into it. Yeah, and I agree. That's why they did this whole solid state rectifier in the Super Amp, and which makes all the sense in the world, and I love it. I think that's a really clever idea. I'm glad they made that. Um, you I'll also got yeah, very yeah. cool amp, um, and you've also got Fender. Now with the new um, tone, what are they called? I've done forgot the name. Tone Master. Yeah, Tone Master series. Yeah, they got the Twin and they got the Deluxe, yes. and um, they're solid state amps. And um, I don't think I they're mean, quite one hundred percent the same as the tubes, but they get you very, very, very much. In the I ballpark. mean, for the very money, much, absolutely. I 
I love them. I can't. And then also you lose that, you know, 50 pound amp that you've been lugging around and you yeah. go down yeah, to no, a 20 no, pound amp. Yeah, it's no joke with this, uh, well, with what I got, you know, yeah. Base. yeah I mean, but you've got an 80 pound amp there. <laughs> and then to the test back to the tube, you know, not only, not only is it heavy, but when you crank that thing on, I mean, you're putting out heat all oh, around. Yeah. You're putting heat out. You told me before you used to have one and you said that, it paint it freaking melted the paint on the wall. It did. My uh, I had a sixty. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was a sixty-eight deluxe reverb, right? Um, silver face, and I loved it. It was a great. You remember the deluxe yeah, reverb? I had it. And then, the uh, blue jewel light. On yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It was a great amp. Um, loved it to death. But I did. I was a dummy, and I, I honestly, I was a novice at the time, and I thought man, it ain't gonna hurt anything, and I set it against the wall, uh-huh. uh, in the music room that I used to have before I moved, and. I love, and I had it on for a while, jamming for a while, and when I had moved it, the paint on the wall was literally peeling off. It had melted the paint on the wall. It's that much heat coming off that amp, um, which that's intense. That's an intense amount of heat coming from an old amp. Um, but um, there's not a reason I got rid of that amp. I got rid of it because I got a really, yeah, I've got it a really good deal, and I made some money on it. Yeah. Um, but if I had the chance to replace it. I would never go back to another tube. I, now, knowing that I can get the Tone Master Deluxe Reverb, and it still has the 22 watts, and it's got the attenuator in it, so I could change it from 22 to, I think, 15 to 5. And choke it back. Oh, the, like, yeah. Bedroom level. And... Huh. What a killer. I mean, just absolutely killer amp. I'm, I'm actually kind of envious of folks that are getting into guitar right now, because right now is oh. a golden age of, of gear. Yes. It, it's never been... This nice, you know, what I mean? like year. Yes, I couldn't. You it's, couldn't have said it better. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. The pedals that are available now really beat what I remember going to the music store and seeing, which was you walk into a music store and you have your row of Dan Electros for twenty to twenty-five dollars, and you got your row of Boss pedals for fifty to a hundred dollars, and then yeah. you have. Whatever harmonics, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe some electronics if they had them. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm missing one. Was TC Electronic a really big TC thing? Electronic and MXR? MXR, I mean, yeah. all the big names you had, but now when you go into a store, you'll see Wampler and just a slew JHS, Earthquaker. Yeah. I mean, there's so many brands out there. Um, well, honestly, that in the, in the advent of reverb, oh, just man. reverb being available, and it's and yeah. not an amp reverb. Yeah, not the amp reverb. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other key thing. The website, reverb. not the amp reverb. The, yeah. uh, oh no, yeah, 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 the website reverb. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah. to have all of that around, you know, and it's you want you want to try to find the super rare thing that yes. you that you never could stumble across. Yeah, out in the wild, so to speak. You know, they just a couple clicks, and there it is. And most definitely, exactly. it, it's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I just it 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 really is. It has become a golden age, and I, I it's so easy to get into, into it now. It really is, and and honestly, it's addictive. It's Ooh. kind of dangerous <laughs> with COVID. With COVID, I have found it is dangerous. Yeah, I think that's more dangerous to me than COVID is. Honestly, is pedal collecting at the moment. Um, I feel like that is really taking over my life. Um, but with that being said, um, I have gotten some really cool, I've acquired some cool gear over the past, gosh, six months. And we'll be going through all of them. We're going to be testing out different pedals. And different pedals, 
that you aren't going to hear on other podcasts. Now, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not, you know, saying that they're doing anything wrong or bad. I love listening to a pedal podcast. I was listening to these guys review these things and talk about them and talk about what they have got that's new and telling me what is good in the new world because there are so many new ones every day. I mean, I, I can't keep up. I don't know who can keep up. You ain't got the money to keep up. Um, unless you're buying the Amazon pedals, which I don't think any of us are going <laughs> to no. be buying, honestly. Well, I mean, it would be nice just to see what's out there and just try to do a comparison to some of the other ones. You know? For sure. Yeah, that's because, true. you know, there are guitars yeah. that people are, are reviewing that they're getting off of Amazon for very cheap. True. And, and they kind sure. you know, it's something worth looking into. Something I looked at yeah. is the Groat brand. They yeah. have the... Um, the semi hollow with the single P90, which is basically a um, copy of an Epiphone or a, a Guild per se, and what a killer guitar! And I think it's like 168 now or something like that. And oh, I would love to try one out. I would love to play one, but I cannot justify buying one at the moment. Uh, but what a cool guitar, man! And so yeah, totally, I agree. Buying these these brands uh, for me, Harley Benton was Harley one, Benton. Um, yeah. which is the Toman brand. Um, and I gotta say, getting that guitar really opened my eyes up to a whole new world of guitar that I didn't even, you know, think about. Um, it is one of my favorites, and it's a, it's just a gold top. It's the gold top Harley Benton with the two P90s. I mean, it's your, it's your classic take on the, um, gold top, you know, but with their spin. And I will say what they've done with their guitars, um, if, Either one of you guys are familiar with the Vintage brand, um, which is, uh, I think, Wilkinson Products. They also handle, like, Fret King and those other brands like that. All stuff from Over the Pond. Um, you know, cool, very cool brands. Um, what this Harley Benton has done is basically make that guitar again. Uh, they made their version of the Les Paul the same as Vintage has. And it's the same body, the same style, same feel. Um, such a similar thing. It is very similar, and it, yeah. it is a phenomenal take that they did. Such a cool, I mean, yeah. If, if you just glanced over at it, you would think, you know, yeah. wow, that's a Les Paul right there. And if you play totally. it, the, the playability on it is really nice, too. Totally, yeah. Um, it, big, thick neck. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, it. Worth the money, I mean, Definitely. for what I got it for. And what I got did it, you get what did you get for? I really hate to say what I got this thing for because you it, like it, no. <laughs> I, I will say I I seventy five. Come on, come on. I'm sorry, he got the closest. Landon wins the uh, Price Is Right challenge. Yeah. He got the, really? got the closest without going over. It was eighty dollars. Eighty dollars for his gold top. I, I was, wow, just, I was just being a smart ass. Yeah, it was eighty dollars. But I gotta say, dude, what a killer eighty dollars. I mean. I've bought pedals that were more money than this guitar, and honestly, this is not a guitar I'm planning to get rid of now. Right. I like it that much. It's so cool. And I've even looked at other Harley Bentons after buying it, because I just thought, what a cool brand. I didn't even think about trying, and everybody's been raving about how good they are. Uh, tried it out, and I really like it. Mm-hmm. I really do dig it. I'm, I can't wait to try out more. And there's so many YouTube videos out there, people trying out Harley Bentons. Please look up a good YouTube video of them, because... There's enough out there information about them now that there's no reason that they should be budget, but I am so thankful they are a budget brand because, man, having the ability to get a guitar like a gold top that I like, 
that's playable and has a sound for under three hundred dollars. Exactly. And, oh. and and to you know dive into that, I would definitely say to anybody that's thinking about it or you know somebody that has the means to be able to, you know, it, it's a good idea for price 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 reasons. But you know, don't underestimate it as well. Just because you think it's cheaper, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know it might be bad. You know, I mean, because to attest to the the um, the Tysco style type of stuff you got with that guitar right there you know that's open the whole world for me you know into that whole arena of things you know like the history behind it i think it's just so fascinating with you know it came out of what it came out of sears right or something like that back in the day or jc penny or something like that the guitar yeah. in question at the moment is a b-tone and B-tone. um so this the b-tone is from the information i've acquired from the internet um recently uh, is it's a gaia tone um which I'm a huge fan of Gaia Tone. Um, mm-hmm. I think what a cool brand, old brand, um, along the lines of that of, of a Tesco and stuff like that. Now, I will say this. I've had a ton of Tescos, mm-hmm. um, Tysco, however you want to say it. Um, and they have become a lot more popular due to the gold foil pickup, which is like this fabled, amazing sounding pickup. And everybody talks a whole lot about them. Um, I have played a lot of different Tysco, Tesco pickups. Um, I've had the standard single coils, I've had the more humbucker looking things that look kind of like a P90, but not a P90. I've had the gold foils. I've had a little bit of all of them. Um, I'll be honest with you, when it comes down to it, they have a certain tone that if you're looking for that tone, great, good. It is not a Fender tone, it is not a Gibson tone. That's why people like it. It is a tone of its own. Mm-hmm. but it is a harsh tone. It can be a very harsh tone. Very. And um, it is a little bit hard to tame sometimes. Um, they're great for blues. They're great for um, strumming because a lot of them, if you buy these old t- Tesco's, they don't have, they're just really hard to set up guitars. I mean, you got these old fret wires that are literally the tiniest fret wire you've ever seen in your life. A lot of them barely have frets left. Um, the necks, um, steel rod necks, a lot of them didn't have truss rods until later on. When they did put truss rods in them, a lot of the times when you find them, since they were a budget brand, the truss rod is maxed out. Mm. So you got these warped yeah. necks, um, and then the pickups are just having a hard time picking up because they do wear out over time. Um, I find that, you know, some I've had to have some rewound before, and, you know, that does make a difference, but when it comes down to it, the... The Gaia tone that we have here, it has sort of a sort of a P90 tone to it. Um, it is not a gold foil. It's a Gaia tone pickup. Um, you can look up these B tones. They went through a different couple of different names: B tone, um, Gaia tone, of course. Um, I think Dual Tone was one of them. Um, it's the same guitar. It's just it went through a bunch of different names. They have a three pickup. They have a four pickup. They have a two pickup. I have the two pickup version. I got it for super cheap. Thin body, metal pick guard. I love the metal pick guards. I think the metal pick guards are great. I think they add tone. Um, I, I'm one of these strong believers in you can kill a guitar with putting stuff on it or you can open a guitar up with putting stuff on it. And uh, guitars such as the Esquire, a minimal guitar with one pickup, pick guard, control plate, you know, you're, you know, everybody knows what an Esquire is. It has an open tone, and I think a lot of it is to do with it. it ain't got a whole lot of bells and whistles on it. It's just a, a body. It's a slab of wood with a pickup in it. I think that's really cool. 
lot, you know, a lot less dragging down on that body. Now, with the B-Tone, though, it's a very thin body, but that pit guard is a steel pit guard, and it adds this weight and sustain to it, I believe. And I really like that. Um, Landon, you've played some of my old Tesco's back in the day, so I think you can attest to not all of them were that playable. Not all of them. Not all. <laughs> I've had I've had good no. ones. I've had good ones. I've had bad ones. Um, this particular one has got this weird U-shaped neck. Um, is it's different? It's a different guitar, man. And you know, it's a pawn shop find, and they're worth finding. You know, they're worth playing. Yeah, um, I would not say it's a guitar I play every day, though. Uh, I have a lot of guitars, and it's not. It is something I keep around though because I do like to have that Japanese uh, feel in the bedroom or in the music room. I like that <laughs> in the bedroom. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy, that's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, totally not what we're going for there. But uh, it is great. It's a great guitar. Um, it, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a wonky piece of guitar history too, you know, like, it, it, was, it was, it's such an abnormal design. It really is. Or, or not really like abnormal, I guess yeah. no, nothing is abnormal. It's, um, it's so weird. But it's, 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 it's a very different approach than what Fender was doing or what Gibson yeah. was doing or. It's, now, it's interesting though when you go to play it and you've got this really thin body, then you go to play and then you feel the neck. That super thick it's neck. Like you got a, it's like you got a two, two by four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really is. Yeah. I feel like literally all they did was they got a block of wood and then they just kind of rounded the corners a little bit. Yeah, totally. And um, it's not the one. What was the guitar you had where it was? It was basically like a Louisville Slugger. Yeah, exactly. like it was, yeah, yeah. Was so it? I had an, a uh, a Super O Thunderstick, um, and which is a Super Ozark, uh, some people call them. Uh, it really didn't have. I mean, it, it did have a model name originally, of course, but it was just a single pickup um, Super O. Uh, I would say late fifties. It was in red with a black neck, and yeah, it had a thick neck on it. I mean, when you say baseball bat, it was. And the only thing I can say was even close to the way that neck felt was the neck on the Stella uh, Harmony acoustic I had, which is also a big, thick neck. I mean, it's mm -hmm. kind of like your Spanish guitar neck. I mean, it's like a classical feel. But I will say with that Supro, since it was as a super short scale, it was uh, originally kind of the amp and case guitar. Uh, yeah. So you you would buy it, and it came with the case that had the amp in it, just like Silverton did. Um, really cool guitars. I did not have the amp in case, but um, yeah, okay, so yeah, about super big neck on that thing, you know. Stella, yeah, Stella Harmony. Stella, Stella. That's another guitar that I gotta say is just super fun. So how how similar to that was that neck? That oh, I would say was. almost. <laughs> I mean, okay, other than it being a uh, short scale, uh, very very similar, very similar necks, um, very very similar. Um, it's not unplayable though. Oh, I love a good Stella, and I've got two. I've got the Airline Acoustic, which is similar to the Stella as well. And then I've got the Stella Harmony, and if anybody's listening to this, the Stella Harmony, if you've ever played a Stella Harmony, you know what you're getting into. Um, they're wonky little guitars, but they got a tone that is just screams blues. And, you know, you can buy guitars like they um, Gibson put out. 
like the Robert Johnson signature Gibson, you know, which mm -hmm. is like the small body blues machine, you know. Well, I mean, it's a great guitar, but you want a blues machine, get what the blues guys are playing. I mean, yeah, they couldn't, yeah, uh, yeah. sometimes those guys couldn't afford the Gibson. So they played through these harmonies and these Stellas and these silver tones. And man, I mean, you're talking about killer tones, man. And uh, you put a pickup on one of those bad boys and phew, you're off to the races, man. What a cool guitar. Now, did you play? Did you play on the airline before? Yeah. A few weekends ago. Yeah, yeah. The ago. yeah, the airline. Um. So that's it was my go-to acoustic for a long time. I just recently got a new acoustic, um, a Guild um, that I really like. But um, I I did play through the airline the most. It used to be my busking guitar, um, back in the day, and I've I've played that thing for a long time. Great guitar is, is almost identical to the uh, Stella. The only thing different is, Actually, yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, as I actually have it strung with acoustic strings now. With the Stella, when I bought it, it was literally in pieces, and uh, I put it back together. And um, I have electric strings on it, and I did that for a reason, uh, mostly for the neck tension, but also I really dig the tone of it. I mean, it kind of gives it a little bit more of a bluesy tone. It's not as loud, but mm -hmm. I do like it. And I, I, I love having an acoustic that for blues that I can bend on. Mm -hmm. That's something mm -hmm. big for me. I like being able to do the bends on my Stella acoustic. You know, it's cool. Um, acoustics. Now, I know you, Austin, have recently acquired a Taylor. Yes. Yes, I, I recently got what is called a Taylor Academy Series. And it is a nylon-based... Oh, it's a nylon string guitar. Is what nice. It is. And um, it, it sounds really, really... But it's also electric. Cool. So I, I, I can plug it up to my... I plugged it up to my silver face, black face, the other day. <laughs> respond really well really really well just watch out for that feedback <laughs> I, I didn't get any feedback off of oh that nice one. nice and it, it was it was really really surprisingly just awesome sounding very cool um, but it, it's a great guitar I, I love it I, I really didn't I really I bought it because I was auditioning for a school of the arts is what I was doing nice and um, and I, I'd had it for a little while and but I had played on nylon string guitars before uh, but this one just felt different the neck on it was just a little bit thinner, and the frets were just a little bit bigger. Um, the radius on the neck was a little bit, not as wide as a traditional classical guitar, but not too much less than one either. Mm. Um, Playability is phenomenal. Um, sounds phenomenal. I love it. I'd have to, I'll have to bring it over sometime. Oh, yeah, so definitely. Guys check, yeah, check like it out. I think you guys will love it. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I mean... I love a nylon string. I don't own a nylon string. It's something. It's something I've never really ventured into myself. Well, it's it's really it's really a interesting guitar when you pair it with amps, especially. Uh, and, and obviously you you can, but you know I have this K amp. It's like a sixty four K model seven hundred three or something like that. Sweet. And um, it's a really really cool amp. Um, I would recommend anybody check it out just just to see what 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 it, what it sounds like. Um, but it, it, it responds really well to that Taylor as well. And it's, nice. it's got a nice little subtle, but not overwhelming kind of overdrive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, sure. just enough to let you know what's going on, but not just overwhelming. Sure. Sure. It's just really awesome. So that's what I got. I got one. I got the, I got the Taylor and then I also have a Fender acoustic. Um, and that's a, you know, still string. 
Oh, good. But yeah. but that that's I, I love that one too. Um, yeah. I really prefer that if I if I if I went to either of them, I'd probably go to the nylon first. Is it a newer fender or is it? No, I I can't even really I really can't even place a date on it. I just picked up at a pawn shop one day. And it's yeah, but it is a nice car. I um, I, I love the fender acoustics. Yeah. I think they're great. Um, yeah. The new series, the all the new ones that came out have been phenomenal, and I've played a bunch of the ones from the nineties mm-hmm. that I liked, and hell, some of the vintage ones. I mean, Johnny Cash that played. Fender mm. acoustic on TV yeah, most yeah. every night, uh, which is so funny when you think, you know, here Martin is, and they have a Johnny Cash signature Martin acoustic, you know, <laughs> yeah. but Fender hasn't got a Johnny Cash signature acoustic yet. How is this Fender? What are you doing, Fender? Yeah. Where is this Johnny Cash acoustic at that, yeah. you know, we see on, you know, all of his old videos of him playing this, you know, that's a killer, killer guitar. Anyway, Landon, what acoustic are you playing through, man? Honestly, it's it's the only acoustic that I own. There's no shame um, in the game. <laughs> but uh, it was also just happens to be my first guitar, oh. uh, which was an Epiphone Hummingbird. Beautiful. Oh, okay. um, I played on one of those. I believe Great. mine's 80-something. 80, 80 before they went to the different headstock. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong on that. I have to look that you up. You had the more standard style, um, electric style Epiphone headstock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. That. Very cool. Um, that's the uh, first guitar I ever had. Um, and honestly, that was kind of, for the longest time, playing that guitar was kind of... Um, you know, when I would shop for electrics, it like I was so used to the way the neck of that guitar felt. Yeah. That anything uh, outside of a Gibson style neck or <laughs> an Epiphone, you know, neck by proxy, uh, Fenders felt so foreign to me for the longest time, until I got um, my Telecaster that I spoke of earlier, and um, and now it's it's all Fenders. <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of. And I, uh, I like I like that you brought that. Up. I'm sorry. I oh no, you're fine. Okay. Um, I you know I like that you brought that up. It's, it's like you know I'm sure we all have. I don't know if you still have your first guitar that you ever had or not. I have one. Yes. Well, actually, two. I have two. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, you you all. I feel like you always compare that. You know, what I mean, the first one you had or mm-hmm. your first experience with a guitar or whatever. You know, it's it's like oh man, you know, it's, I'm so used to this or or you know, it just kind of brings things back up about you know, the first time that sure. you play a guitar, which is yeah. really cool, but, um, yeah, so I'm sorry. Go oh, no. <laughs> no, that's, I, I don't mean that's pretty much it. I was actually starting to ramble. So <laughs> you saved me from myself. That's, that's what we're here for. You, you've <laughs> rambled a lot less than you normally have. <laughs> but, which is um, totally fine. But no, that's, that's the only acoustic that I've, that, that, that I have currently. Although I have, uh, Strongly consider actually after playing your guild, yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago or however long it's been, yeah. The um, I'm considering actually, I, I kind of want like a little parlor guitar, parlor oh. guitar, like just like a little you know, one that you can leave next to the couch, Most and definitely, like just kind of fart around with in the living room Most or whatever, definitely, and, yes, and um, just like a little, just a little fun, fun sized guitar. I'm gonna make two suggestions, yes, that you should definitely. Definitely check out. I'm all okay. Here. Recording King as a brand has very, very, very cool parlor style guitars. Okay. That um, you can get one with a pickup in it or one without a pickup in it. Look them up. 
They are so cool. I just looked at one the other night. They came in this orange satin finish. It looks so cool. So it's rad. Recording King? Is yeah, Recording okay. King, which is actually an old brand. Um, it's an, it's actually uh, originally a Gibson brand, um, crazy enough. Really? Um, from way, way back in the day. And um, I, I, I might be Austin's, totally wrong Austin's about that. Says, that yeah, Austin's, yeah, Austin's I'm looking it up at this very moment. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, you said it's an orange satin? Yeah. I like that. Recording uh, King Parlor. Uh, if you probably pulling up a picture of it now. Yeah. Um, show Landon that and get it up. But anyway, that is a cool guitar. But the other one, Gretsch has put out the Jim Dandies, and they have a new one called the Gin Ricky. And if you haven't seen this guitar yet, oh, man, gosh, you have to look this thing up. It's got a pickup in it that they put in, and it's it's yes, that's the that's the uh, recording king, which is just super that's rad. Cool. You know, that's on reverb. I'm seeing it yeah. for one ninety. Dude, what no, a cool, what that's a cool deal! Bad. I believe I made an offer on that one not long ago and did not get it. <laughs> but um, that's, um, awesome, that's like cool. That. But the Jin Ricky for for you as a as an electric guy, yeah, and looking for a parlor, check this guitar out. It is so cool. The Jin Ricky Austin, if you can pull that one up mm-hmm. too, G I N Ricky. Oh, like the drink. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, now the pickup in it. Basically, what Gretsch has done is they, they're they kind of making what well, kind of looks like an old-school Day Armand pickup to put yeah. in it, which is really neat. Um, and uh, Guild has done this recently as well with the Troubadour guitar. They've made a mm-hmm. new Day Armand pickup for it, um, which is awesome. It's a phenomenal pickup. And, yes, there it is. Um, I know no one else. I think has, I played one of those. That really? Yes. Ago, actually. I, I, we are a straight-up audio podcast obviously and nobody can see this but if you want yeah. to look it up check out the gin ricky um like what a cool i like it a lot too it what a cool guitar i love that orange satin finish one man kind of like badass looking right yeah, it's cool that. i'm kind of a, like when it comes to aesthetics if it's orange yeah i, I really i'm gonna like it right off oh yeah right off i'm a big orange guy too um with those guitars i mean i know it looks just like a stella and yeah. that's what they were making it for uh but what i find really cool about it is um, they go in the, and the, if you look, it doesn't have the trapeze tailpiece. Mm-hmm. It is just the standard acoustic style tailpiece. Now, with that being said, it gives it a whole different tone than the Stella. It has still kind of a Stella feel, but the tone is more, more like a regular acoustic tone. Mm-hmm. And with that pickup, it can sound huge. And so if you're looking, check it out. Okay. What a yes, killer. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. for something, you could run with pedals. And, yeah. you know, you can run your reverbs and delays through it and just make a killer sound, you know? And yeah. no one would know you have a parlor. Yeah, pretty cool. Can't go wrong. Yeah, I love a little parlor guitar. Oh, such so such so, a fun guitar. So fun to play. What's um? What's gonna, can I pose the question to all you guys here? Um, just out of curiosity, man. We're sitting here. I mean, we've discussed guitars and and mm-hmm. NFX and amps and and everything else. But obviously, there there has to be an origin for all of this in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like what does what what was like your your oldest memory that maybe that drew you into playing guitar or got you interested in guitar or who are some of your favorite um, guitar players to listen to and, and draw from and well I'm glad you brought that up I was actually going to because you kind of touched base on it for me earlier when we talked about Johnny Cash Johnny Cash was probably Johnny Cash was what got me to actually say okay I'm going to start playing um, I love his music now the earliest age that that I can recall you know, where I was just awestruck when I saw a guitar and just 
thought to myself, man, I, I'm, I, I gotta learn how to do that. You know, I, I just, I gotta have it, you know? I can't remember how old I was, but I had to have been, I don't know, I had to, I had to been really little, man, you know, <laughs> probably like five or six or something like that. Yeah. And I just recall seeing like, um, you know, it was just a little starter guitar, you know, it had friends at the apartments I used to, you know, live at and somebody had a guitar and I just remember seeing it. I just remember the first time I saw it, I said, for, for me, I'm going to one day, I'm going to have to, you know, I just thought it was just the coolest thing ever. And, uh, my dad, he, he used to drive 18 wheelers. So I'd go, uh, um, on crossroad trips with him a lot of times. Yeah, and he cool. always listened to classic rock, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner, ACDC, all that stuff. So yeah. he's the one that introduced me to all these different bands and it really kick-started my whole um, inception into music, you know, and listening to this guy, listening to that guy. And um, and then, you know, one day I discovered Johnny Cash and I just thought his music was so awesome. You know, because to me, it's like a lot of people label him as a country music, but I feel like the way he played he had a different approach to it. Some of the songs, um, let's see, uh, you know, Folsom Prison, obviously, probably one of the biggest ones that people would recognize. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Folsom Prison. But uh, Cocaine Blues. Huh? I would have to say that that touches based on a different type of a style of his playability. If you ever hear him play it live at Folsom Prison, mm -hmm. I think that is a phenomenal song. And I think that'd be great to do a cover of, potentially, one day. Yeah, I feel like you could really do a nice approach to it in a different different style, different setting. Um, sure. But uh, I love his music. I love it. It would make a damn good punk song. I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel like, yeah, I feel like you could really get aggressive with it. Really that's one of the things I love about his playing, especially on that song in particular, is he brought that type of a feel to it in some of the progressions that he played. He attacked it really good, yeah. especially with his voice, too. I feel like he really, um, really, really just brought a different aspect to it. And I feel like you could really hear a different type of Johnny Cash on that song in particular. Um, but. Uh, no, he, he, I always loved his music, and I still do always to him just about every day, um, and uh, that's, you know, that's a little touching base, a little bit on where it all started for me, but um, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Oh, you want to go with me next? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I, probably my earliest memory, honestly, um, was probably in the car with my mom. Um, she always listened to, um, what was it, Oldies 93? Yeah. yeah. The, basically yeah. a local oldies station. Mm, sure. Um, before they decided we needed another, um, pop country station instead. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> North Carolina, folks. That's yeah. what North Carolina is all about. Yeah. So we have, what, three now? Anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, it was probably something on that station was probably like the earliest time that I ever heard quote-unquote rock and roll. Uh, it was probably something like Buddy Holly or something like oh, that. But, but the first time that I ever heard a riff that stuck, and honestly it's going to sound so cliche, was the first time I ever heard the opening riff of Satisfaction from oh, the Stones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, because I thought, like, you know, little did I know it was, you know, it was a fuzz pedal into a into an amp and it was making it distort and everything. Yeah. But I I just thought, like, that sounds awesome. I have no idea what it is. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, honestly, I've been kind of chasing that tone ever since. You know, who knew? It was just something dirty and distorted and electric and... Beautiful sound. Yeah. Beautiful um, song. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, it's... So, I've... 
I don't know, as far as guitar players that have probably influenced me, uh, obviously, in that sense, Keith Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, there's so many. Uh, as far as like my style and the way that I play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Buck from R.E.M. Um, Johnny Marr from The Smiths. Um, if anybody's seen my collection of big muffs, uh, Jay Maskus. <laughs> Dinosaur Junior. <laughs> um, nice. What about you, Dylan? Well, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have a long and fabled history of music in in in, in me. Um, I come from a musical family. Um, my dad's a musician, bluegrass musician. And my grandfather was too. Yeah, yeah. Landon, your grandfather was. Um, I guess I probably should have mentioned that. But. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I grew up around guitars, and I grew up around instruments, and um, but it wasn't them who really got me into it per se. It was my cousin who got me into it. Um, he bought a guitar, started playing, and um, I got a bass. And I uh, got my bass from my uncle who wasn't playing it, and yet we're almost out of time. And yeah, uh, <laughs> so you, so just to be clear, you are who's on bass. Yeah, I'm who's on bass. Right. <laughs> right, Sometimes. Out. Well, that came full circle. <laughs> New name coming soon. <laughs> but um, with that being said, um, musical styles at the time when I first got my bass. Um, Everybody I knew um, around me was listening to the ska music at the time. Um, that was what was popular when I was first starting my music journey. Um, as a kid, I always my sister was listening to Aerosmith and country music like Garth Brooks and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't get exposed to that. It was later when I exposed myself to all the other music that I could find mm-hmm. and. But some of the first ones I found were 90s bands such as Blur and Weezer and Nirvana and stuff like that. Um, So I would say that kind of uh, music was was what got me going. But then what really kick-started me was Bob Dylan. Um, I'm a a big Bob Dylan fan, and I really sunk my teeth into a lot of his stuff, and that's what really got me moving and motivated to play more. And then that sent me down a folk road, folk music road, where, and you know that kind of wrapped me up to where I am today. Um, but now I'd say, you know, with all that being said, I don't even go that way anymore. I don't play any of that music. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, what you come from, and then what you evolve to are mm-hmm. different things. And, and touch base on that, musicians as musicians, I think all often agree you're always evolving. Always evolve. What you love right now, you you're gonna move on to something else yeah. eventually. You, you it's like I, I feel like as a musician, you absorb, you um, get influenced with it, and then you move towards something different. You know, um, but and such as this podcast, exactly. it will evolve, and we do understand that this is a rough cut of this podcast and do understand we're starting this podcast it's almost like we're starting a band and in fact we are starting a band and it is going to be hopefully the first podcast band to start i haven't found any other ones 
And I know there's a million podcasts out there, so we're liable to find one soon. But right now, we will be a podcast band. And you're going to hear us come up with original music. And you're going to hear some of those influences as we go along. Um, And who's on bass? I guess you're going to just have to listen and find Mm out. uh, Because we're all going to switch it up a whole lot. But wrapping it up for tonight, I'm Dylan. I'm Landon. And I'm Austin. Thank you for listening. Check back again soon, and uh, thanks again. Bye.